0: This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are still broadcasting a safe social distance from each other in Town, Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com, slash districtsentinel, all new subscribers. Get a haiku written for them in red on the air. We're gonna read some poetry at the end of today's show. Sam, you and I have been pretty, uh, well, I've been pretty uh, bearish on Joe Biden's chances in November. I know he could easily win just given how uh, the economy is entering Great Depression territory and tens of thousands of people are dying every month of a virus. Um, Pretty hard to be reelected in that environment, but uh, given what a terribly weak candidate Joe Biden has been thus far, we've assumed that the Democrats have uh, given themselves uh, the worst candidate possible with the worst chances of beating Trump in November. But then I had a vision today that, that makes me rethink all of this. Joe Biden at the Grand Canyon. A giant Joe Biden straddling the Grand Canyon, delivering his DNC convention speech. That would seal his victory. (sighs) That wasn't your vision. That was the Liz Smith tweet. Yeah, that's right. You're right. I, I stole this idea from Liz Smith. It was such a brilliant idea.
1: That, was, that wasn't a tweet, right? That was an interview? Yeah, she, she gave an gave... interview
0: saying they need to do the uh, Travis Scott thing that they did in Fortnite, but with Joe Biden at the Grand Canyon or something. <laughs> and that'll do it. That'll be yeah. what's needed to, to win this election.
1: Yeah, this is obvious um, an, an obvious ham-fisted attempt to try to pander to young people, Fortnite being a video game. Travis Scott being a rap artist who appeared in said video game. And I just love how uh, Pete Buttigieg's fucking water-carrying dipshit, Liz Smith,
0: is giving advice on how to appeal to young people. Yeah. Pete Buttigieg, (laughs) the youngest candidate in the race, but pulled the worst when it came with younger voters. Yeah. So
1: again i i am not um i'm, I'm still a uh proponent or at least i'm not yet ready to discount dead dog theory which is the theory that a dead dog could beat donald trump and um but the democrats they're they're trying to make the dead dog lose
0: they sure are all right it it's monday may 11th 2020 here's the news last week democrats in congress floated the idea of a rooseveltian stimulus package on monday axios reported the broad outline of what that looks like and let me tell you it's not rooseveltian (laughs) it contains some good provisions sure but it does not go near far enough and it also contains some really bad stuff First up, it's a $1.2 trillion plus piece of legislation, which just that price tag, $1.2 trillion, it pales in comparison to the multi-trillion dollar corporate bailout in the CARES Act. The majority of the funding in this new bill, about a trillion dollars, would go toward aid to states and local governments, which is definitely needed. The bill would also direct more funding to hospitals and testing, plus expanded funding for food stamps, unemployment insurance, and Medicaid funding. There's also a much-needed $25 billion lifeline to the U.S. Postal Service and another round of direct payments to Americans, though it appears it's another one-time payout instead of monthly recurring payments to last throughout the crisis, a policy that we've seen backed by a growing number of more progressive lawmakers. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Trump, Trump bucks, but Pelosi bucks. <laughs> yeah. Now, acting like cops, though, Democrats also want to ensure that people aren't double dipping from these new benefit programs, as in making sure people who are getting expanded unemployment don't also get benefits from other programs. Although it's not entirely clear which programs the Democrats are referring to here, uh, an initial write-up by Axios said that Democrats... We're trying to prevent people from getting both expanded unemployment benefits and the $1,200 check or like another round of $1,200 checks would be, which would be complete bullshit if Democrats are trying to stop uh, working class and unemployed people from getting unemployment benefits and a stimulus check. If, after all, the point of these benefits is to stimulate the economy or at least give people money to pay rent and put food on the table and pay their bills and everything like that. Um, Axios has since rewritten the story without a correction noting that Democrats want to prevent people from getting unemployment benefits as well as taking advantage of the uh, payroll protection program which just doesn't make any fucking sense because if you're an unemployed person you're not really able to apply for a small business loan. Um, So definitely a big question mark, but it sounds like Democrats are up to some cop shit. A Democratic aide told Axios, quote, we're trying to limit the amount of overlap so people aren't abusing the system. Good to see Democrats so proactive about making sure working people and unemployed people aren't abusing the system after they just unanimously gave trillions of dollars to massive corporations with virtually no oversight or restrictions. You guys are doing fucking fantastic real real great job here real great well, job.
1: well as 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 fdr once said the only thing we have to fear is an amount of overlap that people are abusing the system <laughs>
0: rooseveltian indeed indeed so these are the contours of the democrats initial offering for this next relief bill the white house and republicans in the senate have already laid out their priorities which are essentially no new spending Treasury Secretary Mnuchin claimed it's best to wait and see how the previous relief bill passed more than a month ago affects the economy before adding any new stimulus, even though since the CARES Act was passed, more than 20 million people have lost their jobs and the unemployment rate stands at more than 14%. It's probably a lot higher, closer to 20%. As the Bloomberg headline today tells the story, quote, Republicans say the U.S. deficit is becoming problematic. This after a massive tax cut for the rich just a few years ago, and again, a couple trillion dollar bailout. But now that upwards of 30 million people are unemployed, it's time to tighten the belts. Other than that, the White House and Mitch McConnell want any new bill to also include a payroll tax cut and an employer liability shield to make sure that bosses can't get sued when their workers get COVID-19 on the job because their boss didn't give a shit. Democrats claim that both of these provisions are both non-starters, but party leadership during this crisis has been a disaster thus far.
1: The dispute over American Indian tribal sovereignty is brewing. In South Dakota, the Oglala Sioux and the Cheyenne River Sioux have set up COVID-19 checkpoints to stop the entry of non-essential business, to minimize the possibility of tourists overwhelming their health care systems, in response, the state has ordered the checkpoints to be dismantled. South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem wrote to the tribes over the weekend, saying she'd pursue court action in the next few days if her demands weren't met. According to the Sioux Falls Argus leader, the tribes accused the governor of infringing on their sovereignty and undermining public health. Oglala Sioux President Julian Bear Runner defended the checkpoints as reasonable and necessary, quote, due to the lack of judgment and planning of preventative measures in response to the current pandemic. In related news, today the Supreme Court heard oral arguments in a case about tribal sovereignty in the state of Oklahoma. It involves a member of the Creek Nation convicted of child abuse in state court. Jim C. McGirt argues that because the crime occurred on Creek territory, he should have been tried in federal court. The state of Oklahoma is arguing that reservations were disestablished when Oklahoma became a state. It had been called Indian Territory before it was a state. Many American Indian nations were uprooted and sent there as the U.S. was ethnically cleansed. And the tribes say when Oklahoma entered the Union, their reservations were wrongfully disestablished. And the tribe's argument might win the day, despite the conservative bent of this court, Trump appointee Neil Gorsuch signaled that he would side with the four liberals on the case. Here's a snippet of Gorsuch questioning Oklahoma's Solicitor General this morning.
0: At least in the briefs, you make a lot of later demographics and evidence about what's happened. Um, I I, I guess I'm struggling to think why that should be uh, relevant in an interpretation of statutes from the last century. Uh, especially when later demographic evidence sometimes shows nothing more than that states have violated Native American rights, uh, including Oklahoma's, for example, enforcement of its state laws on on, uh, tribal lands against tribal members in the past.
1: The court last heard this matter in 2018. In a case involving an Oklahoma inmate on death row, justices split four to four. Gorsuch had recused himself because he ruled on the case as an appellate judge on the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals.
0: The US is continuing its tradition of being a dick on the world stage. At the end of last week, the US was the lone veto on the UN Security Council while it considered a measure that would call for a cease of hostilities in various parts of the world to help coordinate coronavirus pandemic responses. A measure put forward by France and Tunisia called for an end to violence in conflict zones and the need to support fellow nations and U.N. organizations trying to contend with the pandemic. U.S. objections are related to that latter part, the U.N. organizations. The Trump administration has initiated a beef with the World Health Organization. The White House has made repeated baseless claims about collusion between the WHO and China to suppress information about the COVID-19 pandemic in the early days of the outbreak. At the U.N., American diplomats have been pushing for edits to the resolution, To demand more transparency from nations and the UN, an attempt by Washington to further push the conspiracy that the World Health Organization was keeping secrets. The actions by the U.S. prevented further consideration of the resolution before the UN Security Council. The coronavirus death toll in the U.S. meanwhile surged past 80,000 over the weekend, which explains why the administration is trying to blame China. U.S. diplomats claim they don't object to the ceasing of hostilities part of the resolution. But the State Department is trying to ramp up hostilities with Iran right now. Over the weekend, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo again called for extending the U.N. arms embargo on Iran, which is set to expire in October. Pompeo warned that the U.S. will, quote, exercise all diplomatic options to ensure it. Finally, the Federal Reserve issued an FAQ today
1: on its emergency lending program to state and local governments. Those in most distress could get shut out from relief. The Fed said that entities must be solvent in order to access the so-called municipal liquidity facility. To be eligible, states, cities, and counties must have bonds from early April rated among the lower tier of investment grade at least. It's unclear if this threshold immediately disqualifies any state or local governments. Both Illinois and Chicago might be the major entities closest to disqualification by virtue of their near-junk bond status. It's unclear if this threshold immediately disqualifies any state or local governments. Both Illinois and Chicago might be the major entities closest to disqualification by virtue of junk bond status. The program is not yet up and running. The Fed said in today's FAQ that it would announce a launch date soon and that staff was, quote, working expeditiously to operationalize the MLF. Even if no cities, states, or counties are disqualified, they may be priced out of relief. The Fed said it would charge interest based on bond credit ratings. The The difference between AAA and lower investment grade will be more than two percentage points. Bonds downgraded to junk will pay two percentage points higher than lower investment grade. The facility might, therefore, go unused with borrowing costs already low. Bloomberg noted that cities with bonds rated AAA are currently paying investors 0.48% interest. Cut through all the jargon, it seems like the Fed isn't really setting this thing up to be accessed. Another standout fact about this program You might recall how in the coronavirus bailout phase three, Congress set a limit on executive compensation for bailed out companies based on CEO pay from 2019, the height of a corporate debt frenzy. Well, Fed restrictions on these government bailouts are based on tax revenue from the year 2017, when the economic
0: data was slightly more modest. And that music means the newscast is over and we're moving on to the poetry portion of the show. All new subscribers at patreon.com slash district sentinel get access to the bonus content that we put out each week. And they get their own haiku written for them and read on the air. I'll go first. This one goes out to me. Not, Not me as in your host. But me as in the new subscriber, me. The most pathetic man in the whole entire world. His name, Juan Guaido.
1: Devastating. (laughs) Thank you, me. Just Just destroyed a man with with the truth. (laughs) In haiku form. In haiku form. Finally, this is for Rachel. Charcoal grill flavor, but the gas grill gives options afternoon hot dogs (laughs)
0: let's get another afternoon hot dog today not yet about to (laughs) I might (laughs) thank you Rachel and thanks to all the new subscribers again that's patreon.com slash district sentinel we are back tomorrow with a brand new newscast we're here in DC so you don't have to be